The 100% Sports Podcast is brought to you by Colleen's Irish Mustard. Colleen's Irish Mustard combines mustard haters and mustard lovers all around the world. For more information on this amazing product, visit www.irishmustard.com. Welcome back to the 100% Sports Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be recapping the Super Bowl. We'll be talking about Michigan-Michigan State basketball. And we'll be talking a little bit of soccer. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to the 100% Sports Podcast. The co-host Nathan Sabo is back. Nathan, how are you doing on another sunny day in Metro Detroit? I'm doing good. I'm actually happy for once because it's two straight days in a row. It's been 50 degrees and sunny, and I drove home with my windows down all the way on the car. So, you know, when 50 degrees is warm, you you know you live in cold climates. Yeah, but but, uh, great minds think alike. I I also drove home with my windows rolled down. It was a nice day walking home or walking in the parking lot. I was going, hmm, I should probably roll down the windows, and I did, and it was awesome. Yeah, my friend actually has a Jeep, and she put down her top, uh, the top of the car today. And, you know, I don't know about that, taking the roof off the Jeep. It's still a little too cold for that, especially when you're driving 40 miles an hour. But, hey, you know what? Maybe 50 degrees feels like 80 to her. I don't know. Either way, it's nice outside. I'm glad that I can actually see the sun for once and not cloudy, miserable cold. So let's hope for another day like this in the, in the future. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to last long. I think there's going to be quite a bit of snow this week. But it's Michigan. Starts yeah. off the week. Nice, sunny, nice, comfortable weather. And then, boom, snow comes. So, that's... Yeah, well, you know, snowstorms can happen and then 80-degree weather. But, you know, we're used to it. It's all good. I wouldn't mind a nice snow day, too. If uh, That would be nice. Yeah, we only had one snow day this year. kind of sucks. Yeah, and it was what in the beginning of November or something crazy, and yeah, right before Thanksgiving, yeah. we had that polar vortex mm-hmm. of uh... two months through uh, the winter, and we haven't had crap. But uh, we're not weathermen, so this is not a weather podcast. So let's let's get on to what we're going to talk about. Yeah, we're kind of a sports people, and you know, the Super Bowl is was yesterday. Of course, what a great game it was. I mean, the city of Detroit's not used to Super Bowls besides the one. What year was it that happened? 2000? I don't know. 2006, something like that. I, you know, I'll, I'll look it up for you because that is a great importance to us in the city because it's the closest to the Super Bowl we'll ever get. Yeah, it was last time the Lombardi Trophy will ever be here in Detroit unless the Fords get rid of the team and they'll probably end up, re- whoever buys it will relocate it somewhere, so... Super Bowl XL was played two, February 5th, 2006 at Ford Field. And I think the Steelers won, if I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I believe the Steelers did win, yeah. So, again, closest to the Super Bowl we'll ever get, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll just keep watching other people enjoy their championships, and we'll just sit here and, and cry. And, you know, that's, that's uh, love being in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, all of our teams suck. Pistons, bad. Red Wings, worse than the league. Tigers, worse than the league. Lions have been dead forever. But enough about ranting of our terrible teams. We'll move on to a fun game. Super Bowl 54. That was commentated by 
the greatest commentator of all time, Joe Buck. Gosh, I just love hearing football games commentated by that man, Joe Buck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy is absolutely sensational. One of the best announcers in the game, and, you know, he gets really excited about calls. I will give him credit, though. He has been better over the last couple of years, but I still think he should stick with, I believe, what is his he's best at calling is golf. And I'm serious. Watch the U.S. <laughs> Open. He's actually pretty good at golf because he doesn't have to show much emotion. But that's okay. Well, we we don't have a choice. We have to hear them every three years at the Super Bowl. And uh, I think it's NBC's turn next year. So it's actually yeah. announcers I like. Yeah, NBC is the best commentators there are. Uh, yeah, like, no I doubt mean, about Nance, that. Jim Nance is good too in CBS, but Tony Romo just needs to shut up. He- okay, look, look Tony. You're great at what you do. I love that you know what's coming, but you're not the play-by-play. That's Jim Nance's job. You got to just tone it down, shut up, and I don't need I I need I don't need the here we go. Ooh, Jim. Ooh, Jim. I, I don't know. That's going to be close, Jim. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I don't need that. Okay? Just just sit there and be the color commentator like you're paid to be. Yeah, or just hearing I'm Joe Buck and I'm here with the Hall of Famer Troy Aikman. Oh, it wasn't that yesterday. It was the Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer Troy Aikman. Should we should we say the greatest call Troy Aikman has ever had? I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> we'll we'll say it for another day. We'll say it for another day. Let's move on to the Super Bowl, which we all started. On. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start off with the Super Bowl. 49ers got it started, I believe, on the opening drive with a field goal by Robbie Gold. Gould, I don't know how you really say his name. And then, sure, either way it works. <laughs> yeah, then the Patriots scored a touchdown. I believe it was a Patty Mahomes quarterback keep for like from two, three yards out or whatever. So yep. yeah, there was that. But the hit on that drive, see Patty Mahomes get drilled when he was sliding. Woo! What a yeah, hit. gets right back up, and I think the uh, defense back that hit him was actually a little woozy. Yeah, he was. And then 10-10 at halftime. Then controversy at the end of the first half was George Kittle's pass interference, a little bit of a push-off. If it, if it wasn't pass interference, would have probably been inside the 20, probably looking around a 30-yard, maybe 35-yard kick, possibly. I Here, here's my opinion on that before you get on. Look, personally, I don't think it's enough to be called, but they've been calling that all year. Okay, according to the books, it's a penalty. So, to be honest, you know they're not overturning a pass interference penalty, especially in the Super Bowl. I didn't have an issue with it. If I was refereeing the game on my own terms, that I, I don't know about that. It's At the end of the day, it is football, and there's going to be some some contact. My God. Yeah, but other than that, that was a good first half. And then, you know, had the halftime performance with Shagira and J-Lo. And so. all those people knocking them for their performance. Look. I I loved it. I had no issue with it, and no, not for the reason you people probably think I liked it for. Okay, but <laughs> hey, I love Shakira. I I'm, I enjoy Latino music. I am very engaged in culture, being in Spanish five. Yet I don't know a single word of Spanish. <laughs> and uh, no, I thought they did a good job representing Miami well. And that that per- is Miami. You know, party. That that's Miami in a heartbeat. I had no issue with it. Personally, I just one of the better performances that I can recall. Yeah, Bruno Mars had some good has had some pretty good performances in the last few Super Bowls, so Yes. No. So there's that. 
But let's move on back to the game. You know, and then Jimmy G actually threw the ball more than 30 times in a game. Threw a touchdown. <laughs> threw a touchdown juice check. And then it all of a sudden went 20 to 10 about eight minutes ago. And I'm thinking 49ers are about to tie the Patriots and Steelers for the most Super Bowls in franchise history. Yet the Lions don't even have an appearance. So, so then all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden turns it on. They get, I, they did score. I believe they did score a touch. Did they score a touchdown? And then, an, so it went, tw- it went 20 to 17. They scored a touchdown. Then they scored another one. And they scored three on their last three drives. Yeah, it was 20 to 20 to 10 at one point, And then they scored three touchdowns. The one touchdown was a, it was a run. He just ran it in. There was barely any time left, but I didn't blame him for that. It's a Super Bowl. I'm scoring the touchdown. I'm not going down. But yeah, it was, it was three straight touchdowns for the Chiefs, which basically put the 49ers away. Yeah, and then there was the drive that led to the game-winning touchdown to make it, or that went to make it 24-20. The Tyree kill. I don't understand how he got lost in coverage by all the San Francisco defensive backs, secondary, whatever. He got lost on a third down and 13, I believe. Yeah, that was that was a turning point of the whole game right there. Third and long, and you give up, what, 40, 50-yard play wide open. That, that that was a turning point to me where it's like, all right, I think, I, I think Kansas City may actually pull it off again. That's true. And then the Damian Williams touchdown. Do you think he got in at all? Because I think it's a little close, but I think he got in. But I, I think he was in. Personally, you know, you got to stay with the call on the field. And in those instances, it's so damn close to the point where it's like, look, don't take it down to the, you know, to the tenth of the inch. You can't tell. It's so close. I personally, I think it's a touchdown either way. But the call on the field was a touchdown. You got to stick with it. And if they overturned that call, I would have been throwing things in my house because that that would have been absolutely controversy. But at least we have, didn't have to deal with the ref controversy much in this game. But no, I, I think he was in. I'm not going to argue. Stick with the stick with the call on the field. That's what it should be. Yes, that's true. And then, you know, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo would have had the comeback that I think Joe Buck compared it to one of the Super Bowls with Joe Montana beating the Bengals, like a drive similar to those, like similar type scenario and stuff like that, but he threw a pick. And then they ran the ball with Damian Williams and scored a touchdown, and that was that. So, overall, Patrick Mahomes, 286 yards on the night, two touchdowns, two interceptions that were Mahomes' fault. Yes. Damian Williams, 104 rushing yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill was absolutely irrelevant leading into the fourth quarter, and he went off with nine catches and 105 yards. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, 20 of 31, compared to his eight two weeks prior, 209 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions, which that's the first interception was not an interception. He did not get both feet in. It was close. I'm, I'm trying to remember that play. Yeah, I remember that. It was close because I think it, he didn't really have full possession of it when he got the first foot down or something. Yeah, and then the second foot was clearly out of bounds. They didn't overturn yeah. that one. But I don't think it led to anything. So No, yeah. And then Mostert with a touchdown, Juice Check with a touchdown, and then Devo Samuel, three carries for 53 yards. He had a great game in the first half, a little bit in the second half, and then he disappeared. 
Jesus Christ. Sorry about that. <laughs> You're good. But sorry, so whoever has their headphones and I may have just made you deaf. So yeah. Sorry about that. And uh another choke by Kyle Shanahan, because he was the offense coordinator for the Falcons. Yeah, that that's you know, everybody remembers twenty eight to three. Well, twenty to ten, even though it, different circumstances, but Amen. still, you know, you got you got to put the game away. And the biggest thing was when uh, Garoppolo overthrew. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was Samuel or someone else down the field. He overthrew him, and he had him wide open for a touchdown. And that 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 was probably a big turning point. You know, if they would have scored there, that would I think it would have been twenty seven ten at that point. And you know, then you could start talking about putting the game away. But you know he he missed some guys, and that was the biggest miss of the night for sure. Yeah, and there's been memes all day with. There was a picture of Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo. They played, I think, maybe a year or two mm-hmm. ago, maybe this year. I don't know. And it was meme of Matt Ryan talking to Jimmy Garoppolo because Kyle Shanahan was Matt Ryan's offense coordinator <laughs> a few years ago, and he goes, "If he tells you to pass the ball, run the ball," because. <laughs> San Francisco got out of their own identity once they they pushed the panic button about midway through the third quarter, and they just decided to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, when they could have just kept running it. I know it wasn't the best of nights for Mostert and Tevin Coleman and all those guys, but you got, you're having the lead. Why not continue with your principles? Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he's not the best of passers, just continue with your principles. It's gotten you this far. Might as well just keep it. And that seemed to be a big turning point in the game for the 49ers and the Chiefs. They just waited, waited, waited. They wanted that big play in that game, and they got it to Tyreek Hill. They made the yep. play. That led to the game-winning touchdown, and then that was that right there. Any more thoughts you'd like to add? Yeah, no, The I mean, pretty much Patrick Mahomes was – I'm going to say it. He was pretty terrible the first three quarters. And then, like you said, they wait for that one play and they can attack like that. And that biggest comparison to me that I make is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Golden State Warriors. Their ability to come back in the game and basically put away their opponent in a second like that is just amazing. It's all three games in the postseason, the Chiefs have come back from double-digit comebacks. They would put up, what, 28? points in the second quarter alone against the Texans, came back against the Titans, and you saw this all done in the fourth quarter. Very similar to the Warriors, how they're able just to throw up threes with the Splash Brothers and just put away their opponents within a couple minutes. Similar to the Chiefs, they're able to you know, sit back, relax, and not push the panic button, similar to what the 49ers did. They did, in my opinion, push the panic button. Like you said, I agree with you. They, they should not have gotten away from the run game in that third quarter. And, you know, the Chiefs waited for the big play. They got it. They attacked. And, you know, once Tyree Kill caught that ball downfield and they went in uh, to score a touchdown, I pretty much knew, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to do it. And, uh, no, that's about it. Otherwise, I'm personally, I think it was one of the best Super Bowls I've watched. I don't know if it's because I'm sick of watching Tom Brady trim them. But, uh, no, it, it had everything. And, I do. I will give credit to the NFL. They did a great job with the hundred members, uh, the, or the hundred best players of all time before the game. I really liked that. That that was that was pretty cool. We'll be back with the one hundred percent sports podcast after the break. All right, it's time for this week in sports. 
Uh, obviously, last night, the biggest game of the year took place in Miami, Super Bowl 54, where the Kansas City Chiefs, with another resounding double-digit comeback win, they beat the San Francisco 49ers 31-20. to It is the Chiefs' second Super Bowl victory and the first for head coach Andy Reid. In soccer news, 19-year-old USA soccer stud Serginho Des picked up his first career man of the match with a one nil win for IX over PSV, and 17-year-old Gio Reyna, also for USA, made his third straight appearance for Borussia Dortmund against Union Berlin. In local news, the Pistons are still hopeful that they'll be able to trade center Andre Drummond. However, the return for him may not be what the organization was looking for. Also, Derek Rose, the other possible trade chip for the Pistons, left the game yesterday versus the Nuggets with a groin injury. He is expected to miss tonight's game in Memphis, and no word on how long he could be out for. And more injury news, this time with the Red Wings. Philip Zadina is likely to miss two to three weeks with a lower body injury. On a more positive note, there is a possibility that Steve Eiserman will call up promising prospects Joe Valeno and Mo Sider from Grand Rapids. They may receive a limited amount of playing time in the NHL this year. And lastly, big week upcoming for both Michigan and Michigan State basketball. Michigan coming off a win against Rutgers. They have two big rivals they t- are going to take on this week. Ohio State tomorrow night and MSU on Saturday. As for Michigan State, they come off a disappointing loss to Wisconsin on Saturday. They will face Penn State tomorrow night at the Breslin Center and then take on Michigan in Ann Arbor on Saturday for their second meeting of the season. That's it for this week in sports. Welcome back to the 100% Sports Podcast. Hope you're still liking the week in sports. But Nathan, that is some big news with Mo Sider getting pulled up along with Joe Valeno because those are two key prospects that we've been hoping. Two, two first-round picks right there. Sider, of course, last year and Valeno two Might be a steal in the draft. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's not for sure yet that they will be called up, but it is a possibility that it's likely going to happen. At this point, they got nothing to lose. You might as well call them up. I believe they could play eight to ten games before their entry-level contract kicks in, meaning if they play more than that, they'll have to be on long-term contract or an NHL contract. But that, they did the same thing with Zadina last year, I believe, played eight games, sent them back down. And, you know, it's just to get, a, get them some playing time in the NHL, and who knows, maybe they can come out and uh, make the team out of training camp next year. Yep, let's hope for the best for those two. And now on to the big weekend with Michigan and Michigan State basketball. We know how a roller a roller coaster ride of the season both of those teams have had. Michigan, of course, peaking really early, which weren't really high expectations this year. Of course, winning all those games in the Bahamas, even though really one of them was a big win. We thought North North Carolina would be better. Cole Anthony got hurt, and they're ten eleven. And we also thought Iowa State would be better, but they're like 9-12. and 12, So that sucks. But they did beat number two Gonzaga, which is currently number two right now. Michigan State, of course, struggling at the beginning and then finding their groove, of course, against Michigan. Had a career game. And then on the road with Michigan State, they have really struggled. They start off slow. It seems like it's just Cassius right now. Tillman, I don't know what's going on him with on the road. What's up with him on the road? Because he's missing a lot of easy buckets down low. 
But Michigan coming off back-to-back wins, of course, they're not going to have Isaiah. I don't think Isaiah Levers will be there, but who knows? Because they're going to definitely need him. But a big thing in this game, if Michigan wants to win, is they're going to need Xavier Simpson to get into the lane and create shots from there. For other, for other players, and of course his famous Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Abdul-Jabbar hook shot that he has. So, and we saw that against Rutgers with him dumping it off to Teske, dumping it off to Johns, finding Eli Brooks. So, that's a good positive note. But down low, Michigan has made improvements since, I believe, which game was it? I can't remember off the top of my head, but in the last three games, the bigs that have usually dom- have usually dominated Michigan, it's usually been now guards now, which Michigan State has one of the best ones, so they're going to have to somehow find a way to contain Cassius Winston. But the bigs, like Tillman, he had a, cr- a, cr- a crazy game against Michigan at the Breslin Center, but Michigan has somehow found a way to stop the bigs from hurting them as bad. So there's also some positivity. But the thing is for Michigan is you've got to stop Cassius Winston. And another thing is if the lane is clogged for Xavier Simpson, which is a big part of Michigan's offense, you're going to have to find someone to create their own shot. Simpson really can't shoot. Teske can't shoot unless he's down low. Eli Brooks is a catch-and-shoot type of guy. Wagner can get into the lane a little bit, maybe get a few layups, but I think David DeJulius might have to have a big game. We know he can create his own shot a little bit with the running floaters and all that. But Michigan's going to have to somehow find a way to create their own shot, and they have missed Isaiah Livers dearly. So your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I don't have too much to say. You pretty much touched on everything. As a Michigan State fan, it's been a roller coaster season for MSU. I mean, you know, they have the big win over Michigan a month ago, and then they go on the road to Purdue and lose by 30. And, you know, it's it's been up and down. And listening to the game on uh, this past Saturday, you know, it was a slow start, absolutely terribly slow start. They're able to get back into the game and make it a game worth watching uh, against Wisconsin. But, again, it's going to come down to the key to the game against Michigan is not relying on Cassius Winston which is pretty much all Michigan State has done for most of the year. And, you know, Cash can get you 20 points. He can get you the assists. He can get you the balls you're looking for. But Tillman's got to step up. He's not been that great over the last couple games, especially Wisconsin game. He was missing layups, easy layups in the lane that he should have made. And, you know, it's going to take someone to step up like him. They cannot rely on Cassius Winston all the time, especially if they want to go far into the tournament. In March, but no, that's that's all I got on the big game for uh, this Saturday. Yep, you hit the nail on the coffin, the nail on the head, excuse me. <laughs> and <laughs> nothing really else to add, but I will point out Michigan. We know they're they have they have had struggles in the Big Ten, moving their Big Ten record to four and six, trying to make a little bit of a push. They're on the bubble, but they are missing Isaiah Livers, who's been a big part because he can create his own shot, fifty percent from three. If you have livers, I think you beat Illinois the second time, which he was in there until he got hurt. I think he missed about the last 16 minutes or so, 12 minutes. They probably probably beat Iowa again, and they beat Minnesota. So lots of hope for Michigan for the future, especially with their new recruiting class. But you gotta first off, you got to win Ohio State first because that team isn't a rollover, even though their point guard, DJ Carton, standout freshman, won't be playing because of mental reasons. 
he wanted to take a break, a leaf, a absence from the team. So that kind of sucks for Ohio State. But you got to win that game first. Just as much as you think Michigan State is a big basket, is a big game, you have to win Ohio State because Michigan can't beat Ohio State in football anytime soon. So yeah. you got to you got to beat them in another major sport. So Michigan got to win Ohio State first. You got to take care of business there. And then you can take care of business, try to beat Michigan State at home. So that's really all to add. Unless you have something else to add? Nope, that's it. All right. Then we're going to move on to another topic, mainly because there's really nothing else to talk about because the NFL's over, college football is over, college basketball's starting to get back into this. A lot of, college basketball's nearing March Madness. A lot of a lot of fans not really into college basketball just yet. Of course, the NHL season, the really the grueling season, the NBA is in the middle of it. NHL, I don't really follow NHL, but they're still in the middle of their season. Just got <laughs> off, just got off the All Star break. Baseball, the dying breed of baseball, is up in a few months. But pitchers and catchers report in two weeks. Woohoo! Another 50-win season here in Detroit. But a rising sport here in the United States is soccer. And before you click away, just because it's soccer, you need to hear us out. Soccer wouldn't be the spot where it is. The United States women's national team winning back-to-back World Cups in 2015 and 2019. But you need to watch. I think, just give it a shot. Just give it a shot. Watch English Premier League soccer. It is the English version, or it's the England NFL, basically, except it's soccer. They don't really, they play a different type of football. <laughs> and if you want to watch the best soccer, if you're, if you're just interested in new sports, you're going to have to get up a little bit early, but you can find it on NBCSN or NBC whatever, CNBC, whatever, and the this sport is crazy. I got into it about hmm, maybe like eight years ago. Nathan, when did you get into soccer? Uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was, it was, I remember it was Liverpool, Manchester City. It wasn't last season. I think it was 17-8. Uh, Liverpool had this astounding victory against Man City. They almost came back and won it. You know, at first you think, oh, this is boring. But then you start learning after watching games, the fans. I don't even call them fans. I call them supporters because they are supporters. You know, the passion that is there. the it, It's just, it's breathtaking. And every single game, regardless of if your team is dead last or first, the fans are there supporting the clubs and, you know, with chants and yelling and, you know, anything you could think of. It, it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it is. I the the year that I became a pretty good soccer fan, soccer fan, I started following the the teams. Of course, I played soccer a little years prior to this, but the year Man City won the title in the dying seconds. Oh, that was crazy. So if you if you want to start what following soccer, you should watch this first. Manchester City versus QPR, I believe 2012-2013? I believe so. It's either that or 11 and 12. I th- I'm going to go with 12 and 13. So here's 
Search up on YouTube Manchester City versus QPR 2012 versus 2013. It's Man City hasn't won the title in 50 years, kind of like the Chiefs. <laughs> we 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 have kind of compared the city and the city and the Chiefs a little bit. And they're playing rivals Manchester United, who is Manchester United if is compared to the Dallas Cowboys over there. You either love them or you hate them. They always talk about the past because they haven't been good in forever. And these two these two teams just they hate each other so much. Such a big rivalry. This rivalry isn't even comparable really in the United States, maybe Celtics, Lakers, but these guys put these guys live in the same city. Their their stadiums are a few miles apart. I mean, there are some stadiums that are that are rival some teams. They're Liverpool, Everton. There's are just a few, maybe like a few streets apart. But anyway, let me wait. Let, before you go on, let me put it to you this way: in a dar, they call it a derby, the Manchester derby. You cannot sit a Man City fan next to a Man U fan or else someone is likely to get pretty much beaten up. That's the difference between putting a Lakers fan and a Celtics fan together compared to a Man U fan and a Man City fan together. They're not. not They will actually beat each other up. And, yeah, there's a pretty big difference, but carry on. So Manchester City hasn't won the title in 40 years. If Man City wins, they win the title. I'm not going to want to spoil this for you, but because you should search, search it up. Man City was losing two to one. They needed to win, but rivals Man United were winning. And if they won that game, and Man City lost, Man you would win the title. It it's crazy. You have to just watch it for yourself. It's hard to describe, but the fans in Europe are nuts. They are nothing comparable to anything in the United States. I watch a YouTube channel because of my favorite team, my favorite soccer team, Arsenal. It's called Arsenal Fan TV. And he was over here in the United States in the summer, and he went to, or it was about the fall maybe, and he went to go see a Lakers-Celtics games, Lakers-Celtics game, and he was talking about his trip in the U.S., and he goes, the greatest rivalry rivalries in sports in America is nothing comparable to anything that we have in England or Europe, because it's not. You don't have fans. I mean, you can't really bring the stuff in. I don't know how they get the stuff in, but they have bonfires going on in the middle <laughs> of pits, and they're they're running around fire pits. I don't know how they get this in. Or and you got the smoke. crazy Germans who are holding flares, holding flares with their bare hands, waving it around with molten whatever dripping on them. It's like what the hell? And you know, the only way to get that in is to hide it somewhere. You know, not yeah, a fun but- place to hide stuff in. But yeah, the the fans go. Well, a, a little crazy. And when the other teams score, the home team scores or the away team scores, they always put the away fans in the corner. And when they score, you we can't really say what they what goes on because of the gestures that they have. <laughs> it's it's berserk. You it's completely crazy. The only reason we're really talking about this is because the whole city of Detroit is dead. There's nothing really else to talk about. And we feel really passionate about the game of soccer. And the U.S. the U.S. women's national team, of course, of how good it is. We know soccer gets a bad rap in the U.S. because of the flopping and everything. I mean, I do it all the time in my games, too, but it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and we we just encourage you to watch it a little bit because there's it's a little bit of a dead period right now in American sports. 
but just watch the watch soccer because of the fans. The fans, the atmosphere is crazy. The players, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Nathan, you got anything to add? No, and and not much, but just you know, it just amazed me over the last. I've probably been following soccer hard now for a good two years and it just amazes me the fans how you know supportive they are and you know when you have to have sectioned off areas to keep the away fans away from the home fans and have police officers or security guards standing shoulder to shoulder separating them so they don't you know fight it's it's amazing and you know it's 90 minutes of hectic fun with you know drama building and this and that and you know, part of the beauty of it, you know, you could say, oh, the game's boring. Okay, fine. But you got to find other ways to enjoy it, whether it's the build up to the goal or, you know, there's 10 shots on goal, nothing goes in, and in the final 10 minutes they score and everybody goes nuts. It's the support the clubs get there is just absolutely amazing. And, you know, it's not just England, it's all over Europe. But personally, I believe Premier League is top notch if you're looking to watch some talented football, sorry, soccer players. But no, uh, Premier League's where it's at, and you know if if you're not interested in that, you could watch the Bundesliga, which is also which is the German football or soccer league. I, I believe that's on Fox on most weekends too. Fox week Sports mornings. Yeah, so you know whatever you watch it, just give it a try. You know if you don't like it, you don't like it, but just listen to the fans. It's the only thing I ask. Pay attention to how supportive and passionate they are, and. You know, once you start picking up on things, you'll realize the things they're yelling at each other aren't exactly <laughs> nice. And that makes it even better. Uh, yeah, that's basically about everything. And, of course, the emergence of the U.S. men's national team, That's they got a lot of talented prospects. Some aren't turning out to be as what we thought they'd be, but they're turning out to be pretty talented prospects. And, of course, we host the – World Cup, the Men's World Cup in 2026, I believe. Yep. And I think the U.S. team should be pretty good by then. And I'm. it doesn't have to be – it doesn't have to certainly be Premier League that you have to like. It doesn't have to be the bonus. So you can find – you can find enjoy – you can find enjoyment in the MLS. But we're just trying to encourage you guys to watch soccer. I know bad rap and everything, but – you need to watch it, and the chants they come up are pretty creative. They base off, they base off some of their songs uh, or their chants. That's what they're called. They're not songs. They base off some of their chants off songs in the U.S. like Seven Nation Armies. Uh, there was a player in Arsenal called Santi Cazola, and they would call it every time he'd score. They'd be like, "Oh, Santi Cazola," and it goes it goes on for about five minutes. Like uh-huh. you think you get sick of it, and then. You look into the corner, and then the fans are just yelling at each other all the time. I mean, you got some chance you want to sing? No, I'm not going to sing anything because, personally, I don't think I sound good by myself. Now, if I'm a group of people, I'll, I'll gladly sing any Liverpool thing you want me to sing. But oh, no, I, I, I'm not oh. saying you'll never walk alone. You can look it up on YouTube if anybody wants to know what that is. Yeah, you're a live VAR pool fan, but it's... It's hey, look, cool. look, look, okay, I'm not, I'm sorry I haven't been a fan for long like Arsenal, but relax, okay, Liverpool's winning the league, there's no doubt about that, okay, but, you know, hey, stick with your club, I promise you in 20 years I'll be with them still, even though Jurgen's gonna leave in about seven years, but it's all good, 
We got seven years to make the most of it. Yeah, and then in just about three years or so, Mikel Arteta's going to get Arsenal and win the league, and it's going to be dramatic. Hey, and Liverpool- I hope you're right. I have a soft spot for Arsenal. I got nothing against them like I do with United and Tottenham. Yeah, United and Tottenham are basically the Cowboys or the Packers, whatever you want to prefer. Mm-hmm. Yes, Arsenal right now, my team is basically the New York Giants. Uh, became were really good in the '90s, in the 2000s, and they started to tail off in the the 2010s. And now they're they got a new coach, got a new regi- regime going on. Oh, and by the way, by the way, there are no drafts. No, exactly. So it makes it, and it also because the champions, people winning the league, there's also relegation. So if you finish in the bottom three of the league, you go down another league, and the league, the top three teams from above or the league below you come up. That's what I wish we would install in American sports. Is if we're gonna keep adding teams, put that in because believe me, that'll make the regular season games that were not meaningless mean a whole hell of a lot more knowing that you're going to have to play a whole season in a league below based on a couple games. Yeah, and it's it's different. We could ramble on and on and on about soccer, but in order for you to like soccer, we can tell you all about – we can tell you what soccer is, all that we want, and you can see how passionate we are for our teams, even though maybe Nathan's a bit of a bandwagon, but it's fine. Not a bandwagon. Hey, okay, here – Bandwagon for Liverpool, fine, whatever, okay? I'm not the loser who at least doesn't know anybody on the team or know the history or know stuff that's involved. By the way, another new team I'm supporting, I'm starting to support in England, is League One. Actually, I think they're in the EFL Championship. Charlton Athletic of the EFL (laughs) Championship. They're out of East London. That is my new team. Well, besides Liverpool, let's be honest, Charlton Athletic. I don't even know if they've ever been in the Premier League. But I watch a couple of their games, and uh, that's that's a nice club I'm going to support now, lower club. But, you know, Liverpool all the way winning the league. Maybe not the Champions League, but we need to, need to win the league title first. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to be invincible like my team. So Hey, I, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's close. They're going to do it. I, I don't know, but. Maybe my uncle's a bit of a bandwagon because he's a Man City fan, and they've won about, what, about four titles in the last ten years? Was he supporting them ten years ago, though? I don't know. Huh. Uh, I think I think maybe the year uh, they won the title I'm going to go with. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, if as long as he keeps supporting with them, because that's the biggest thing in soccer, you support your club no matter how good or bad they are, then, you know, go for it. Well, well, we could ramble on and on about soccer, but we already told you you gotta look for look at soccer. You gotta watch soccer for yourself, excuse me. But in order to start off your soccer watching days, watch Man City versus QPR twenty eleven twenty twelve ending. It's crazy, and the fans they go absolutely crazy. So just watch it for yourself, Nathan. Anything else you like to add? Nope, that's all I got. And uh, yeah. All right, thank you for listening to 100% Sports Podcast. Probably back next week. And uh, just share the podcast. We're on Apple, Anchor, which we're recording on right now, Spotify, all all those fun apps. So uh, till next time, see ya.